Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. My name is Catherine, and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Andlauer Healthcare Group 2021 Third Quarter Results Conference Call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. Please be aware that certain information discussed today may be forward-looking in nature. Such forward-looking information reflects the company's current views with respect to the future events. Any such information is subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected in the forward-looking information. For more information on the risks, uncertainties, and assumptions relating to the forward-looking information, please refer to the company's latest MD&A and annual information form, which are available on CEDA. Management may also refer to certain non-IFRS financial measures, although the company believes that these measures provide useful supplementation information about the financial performance, they are not recognized measures and do not have standardized meanings under the IFRS. Please see the company's latest MD&A for additional information regarding non-IFRS financial measures, including for reconciliation to the nearest IFRS measures. Please note that unless otherwise stated, all references to any financial figures are in Canadian dollars. Following management's remarks, there will be a questions and answers session. This call is being recorded on November the 11th, 2021. I would now like to turn the conference over to Michael and Lara. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Catherine, and good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, with me on the call is uh, Peter Bromley, our Chief Financial Officer. Following my opening remarks, Peter and I will uh, Peter will follow up with more detailed discussions of our financial performance, and I'll conclude with some comments on our outlook and growth strategy, and then we can open up the lines to any questions. Before I begin, I'd be remiss if we didn't pause to remember the sacrifices of the many Canadians who have given their lives for the safety and security and freedom that we enjoy today. So on this Remembrance Day, 11th day of the 11th month, we thank the proud men and women of the Canadian Armed Forces, and we remember our fallen, lest we forget. Our strong performance in the first half of the year continued throughout this third quarter, both from a top line and our bottom line, thanks to both organic growth and, and through acquisitions. We generated strong revenue growth across each of our product lines, growing 37.5% from 75.8%. Uh, $75.8 million to $104.2 million, with particularly robust performance in ground transportation and dedicated and last mile delivery segment. Our acquisitions of McAllister Courier and Skelton Canada contributed to our strong growth in our ground transportation product line, and our acquisition of TDS Logistics contributed to the growth in our dedicated and last mile delivery product line. Organic growth, despite these acquisitions over the last 12 months, still represented over 10% of our revenue. From a bottom line perspective, we also showed no signs of slowing down with similar growth as revenue. EBITDA rose by 38.8% to $28 million from $20.2 million in Q3 2020. 
We continue to support the distribution of COVID-19 vaccines and ancillary products to Canadians in the quarter. Through volume, though volumes were down sequen- sequentially in Q3 as vaccination rates climbed, our vaccine-related revenue comprised approximately 2.5% of our total revenue in the quarter compared to the 5.0% last quarter. We've maintained service levels across our operations while taking on this added mandate. The ongoing collaboration of our team in monitoring and adhering to our COVID safety measures continues to ensure the timely delivery of essential products to hospital pharmacies and clinics across Canada. On October 1st, we successfully implemented a new vaccine vaccination policy where employees and drivers of all our companies needed to be fully vaccinated or be tested within a 72-hour window of work. This rollout was extremely well communicated and executed with only a handful of people who would not participate among the approximate 2,000 associates from coast to coast. I am so very proud of our employees and drivers who have shown incredible respect, care, collaboration, and commitment in keeping safe during this COVID period and also ensuring the flawless execution of the distribution of the COVID vaccine in Canada in 2021. Uh, I'd now like to turn the call over to Peter to review our financial performance in more detail. Peter. Thank you, Michael, and good morning, everyone. Revenue for Q3 2021 increased by 37.5%, or $28 million, to $104.2 million compared to Q3 last year. Our TDS Logistics, McAllister Courier, and Skelton Canada acquisitions contributed approximately $18.2 million of incremental revenue in the quarter, with the remaining increase attributable to organic growth. Revenue for our healthcare logistics segment totaled $33.5 million, an increase of 11.7% compared with Q3 a year ago. The increase was primarily attributable to the 12.7% year-on-year growth in our logistics and distribution product line, generated from greater inbound product volume and storage and handling activities. Packaging solutions also contributed to growth in the segment with revenue totaling 4.5 million in the quarter, an increase of 5.7% from Q3 2020. Revenue in our specialized transportation segment totaled $70.7 million, an increase of 54.2% compared with Q3 last year. Our ground transportation product line grew 41.5% and reflects incremental revenue from our McAllister and Skeleton Canada acquisitions of approximately $12.3 million, higher volume from our existing client base, and higher fuel costs passed on to customers as a component of our pricing. Year-over-year growth in our air freight forwarding and dedicated and last mile delivery product lines of 7.3% and 110% respectively also contributed to growth in our specialized transportation segment. Growth in air freight forwarding was attributable to increased fuel revenue related to higher fuel costs as volumes were relatively consistent with Q3 last year. Growth in dedicated and last mile delivery was primarily primarily attributable to incremental revenue of approximately $5.9 million from our TDS acquisition, with the remainder attributable to route expansion in Western Canada and increases in fuel costs passed on to customers. Looking at our expenses, Cost of transportation and services was $47.5 million, or 45.6% of revenue, compared with $30.8 million, or 40.6% of revenue for Q3 last year. The higher cost of this quarter reflects an approximate 7.4% year-over-year increase in volume in our ATS healthcare business, 
our acquisitions of TDS, uh, TDS, McAllister, and Skeleton Canada, and higher fuel costs in line with the increases related to fuel prices. The increase in operating ratio this quarter reflects the addition of our TDS, McAllister, and Skeleton Canada acquisitions, which have increased the relative proportion of the specialized transportation segment as a percentage of our total consolidated revenue and cost profiles. Direct operating expenses were $21.4 million, or 20.5% of revenue, compared with $18 million, or 23.7% of revenue for Q3 last year. The increase was primarily attributable to our acquisitions of TDS, Callister, and Skeleton Canada. However, these acquisitions, which are included in our specialized transportation segment, have lower facility-related costs compared to our logist healthcare logistics segment, which results in the lower operating expense ratio in Q3 this year. SG&A expenses were $8.3 million, or 7.9% of revenue, compared with $6.8 million, or 9% of revenue for Q3 2020. Increased SG&A expenses for the quarter are attributable to our acquisitions of TDS, McAllister, and Skeleton Canada, and professional fees related to our acquisition of oil transportation, partially offset by reduction in costs attributable to share-based compensation expenses. The decrease in SG&A expense as a percentage of revenue reflects operating leverage generated within our SG&A functions compared to revenue growth. Operating income for Q3 2021 was $16.8 million, an increase of 27.6% compared to Q3 last year, primarily reflecting our growth in total revenue. Net income and comprehensive income increased by 41.8% to $12.2 million, or 31 cents per share on a diluted basis, from $8.6 million, or 22 cents per share diluted in Q3 a year ago. The increase reflects higher segment net income before eliminations from both our healthcare logistics and specialized transportation operating segments, and a $1 million contribution from our 49% interest in Skeleton USA. EBITDA increased by 38.8% to $28 million from $20.2 million in Q3 2020, reflecting the factors discussed previously and incremental contributions from our acquisitions. EBITDA margin improved to 26.9%, up 30 basis points from Q3 last year, as the performance of our two operating segments continued to result in strong and stable EBITDA margins at the higher end of our historical range. Further, Skeleton Canada's higher margin profile has positively impacted our overall margin. Turning to our balance sheet, as at September 30th, 2021, we had cash and cash equivalents of $14.3 million and working capital of $18.5 million. This compares to cash and cash equivalents of $30.1 million and working capital of $44.4 million at 2020 year end. The decrease in our cash and working capital at, at quarter end is primarily attributable to the acquisitions of Skeleton Canada and our 49% in Skeleton USA. We partially financed these acquisitions through a combination of cash on hand and by drawing $50 million on our revolving credit facility and $25 million on our term facility. During the quarter, we paid $11 million down on our revolving credit facility, and we expect to continue to reduce amounts drawn on the revolving credit facility during fiscal 2021 with excess free cash flow generated from operations. I'd now like to turn it back over to Michael for closing comments. Michael. Thank you, Peter. Um, 
I'd like to add that subsequent to our quarter end, uh, we continue to advance our acquisition strategy. On November 1st, we completed the acquisitions of Boyle Transportation and the remaining 51% of Skelton USA, increasing our aggregate ownership of Skelton USA to 100%. Through these, through these transactions, we have significantly advanced our strategic expansion into the U.S. healthcare market. Each of Boyle and Skelton USA have a strong commitment to customer-focused care and a people-first approach, which are the core values of AHG. Based in Massachusetts, Boyle Transportation operates throughout the 48 contiguous United States and to and from Canada. They provide specialized transportation services to clients in life sciences and government defense sectors, with life sciences customers comprising approximately 75% of the consolidated revenue. Boyle adheres to stringent quality and security standards, employs highly trained and dedicated professionals, and continually invests in advanced technology and equipment. They were recently named the overall best fleet to drive for in the U.S. and Canada for the second year in a row. As you know, concurrent with our acquisition of Skelton Canada in Q1, this year we purchased a 49% interest in Skelton USA with an option to purchase the remaining 51%. Our decision to exercise this option reflects the strong fit of Skelton companies with AHG and the tremendous potential we see in the U.S. market. With our acquisition of Boyle Transportation, the remaining 51% of Scout in USA, we have now established a U.S. platform with scale. Together, Boyle Transportation and Scout in USA generated over $21 million of EBITDA for the uh, 12 months ending August 31st at a margin of approximately 23.7%. We satisfied the approximate $80 million uh, U.S. dollar at purchase price for Boyle Transportation through issuance of subordinate voting shares and cash of approximately $60 million. The purchase price for the 51% interest in Skelton USA was approximately $50 million Canadian dollars and was satisfied through the issuance of subordinate voting shares and cash of approximately $25 million. We completed a bought deal offering a 3.5 million subordinate voting shares for aggregate gross proceeds of $168.7 million in late October. The offering was comprised of 2 million subordinate voting shares issued from Treasury and 1.5 million subordinate voting shares offered by Anlar Management Group. We used the net proceeds from the Treasury offering to partially fund the cash. Um, excuse me for a second, I've got to blow my nose here. <laughs> Can I get a cleaner? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I'm back. Um, that's our first. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, where was I here? Sorry. Uh, uh. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. 
Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Okay, we completed a bot deal. Uh, yes, as I said, we talked about the bot deal. Uh, we appreciate the support from our investors and, our conf- and your confidence in our strategic direction. Uh, this was done in short order and uh, uh, executed uh, extremely well. Um, our strong performance in the quarter and year-to-date is demonstrated by the stable and reliable organic growth that our core national platform generates and the additional contribution provided by our success in supporting the COVID vaccine in certain regions of Canada and our acquisitions of TDS, Logistics, McAllister Courier, Skeleton Canada, and our initial minority position, Skeleton USA, over the trailing 12 months. Uh, with our focus on our biggest stakeholders, that being our employees, drivers, and clients, with our leadership position in healthcare logistics in Canada, we can expect continued strong organic growth ahead. And now, combined with the future contributions from our expanded U.S. platform, and Lauer Healthcare Group is very well positioned to continue to generate enhanced returns over the long term. That concludes uh, our formal remarks, and I'd like to open up the line to, to questions. Thank you. Uh, Catherine? Thank you. If you'd like to ask a question, please signal by pressing star 1 on your telephone keypad. If you're using a speakerphone, please make sure your mute function is turned off to allow the signal to reach our equipment. Again, that is star 1 to ask a question. We'll pause just for a moment to allow everyone the opportunity to signal for a question. Thank you. We'll now take the first question from Kanak Gupta at Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Thanks, uh, Operator, and good morning, everyone. So, good morning, Mark. Uh, morning, Mike and, and Peter. Um, so, uh, maybe my first question um, is on um, on the vaccine distribution. Like, I think uh, if I heard you correctly, you mentioned uh, the contribution was uh, down from obviously Q2, uh, which is not really, I think, surprising uh, here, as you mentioned before. Uh, with with the third uh, with the third boost or, or let, let's say the booster shot coming up and um, as well I think um, uh, these guys are looking at approving the vaccine for kids uh, five to eleven or five to twelve. Uh, what do you think about you know the the kind of rebound potential in this vaccine distribution uh, revenue for you guys? Is there any shot here for the next couple of quarters or this is probably going to be flattish or down from here? Yeah, that's a good question, Conark. Uh, this is an FYI. I, I'm on a I'm on a call every Tuesday. Uh, well, I'll try to be on a call every Tuesday, uh, 1:30 with the Ministry of Health in Ontario, and 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 uh, get a good feel for um, uh, um, and and try to anticipate and certainly uh, collaborate and give advice uh, in uh, in the execution of the distribution. Um, we are discussing uh, certainly the. Uh, the booster vaccines, um, and it's a lot of times we have to be waiting for Health Canada approvals um, because we have the, the relationships with uh, particularly Pfizer by doing their distribution in Canada. Uh, there's good collaboration and, and, and coordination uh, and, and communication. Um, 
the we anticipate that this quarter we will be uh, starting to push the the uh, the booster shots. Um, those have just been approved, um, and uh, the five to eleven uh, uh, vaccines are um, while they're already they're ready to be shipped uh, out of Michigan. Um, uh, instead of Belgium, uh, with the previous, uh, they they um, uh, they still don't have approval from Health Canada as of yet. I would imagine that that would be imminent. Uh, but once it is, uh, you know, things aren't. It'll it'll happen imminently. Um, the distribution. So I would anticipate that uh, we would have uh, a more uh, distribution requirements in the fourth quarter as we did in the third quarter. And also, uh, you know, COVID-related, uh, we do see uh, more test kits being distributed. Uh, those have to be shipped ambient. Um, uh, some of our clients are, are uh, have the dis- uh, do the distribution of many of the test kits in Canada. Uh, so we've seen an up uprise, uh, uprise, up, ups, uptick in in the in the in that volume. Uh, case in point. Uh, at AHG companies uh, for the uh, five or so percent of folks who aren't uh, vaccinated, uh, a, a double vaccinated, uh, vaccinated, they, they, they have to take the uh, uh, those tests. So. That, that's great, Color Mike. Thank you for that. Um, and, and then um, just trying to understand uh, the, the fuel uh, dynamics here a little bit. Um, obviously, I'm like a fuel price. Uh, kind of goes up, uh, you know, you, you pass it on to your customers as well, um, directly or indirectly. Um, can, can you help us understand, like, is there any sort of major lag in, in when you capture that fuel pass through versus how, what you pay at the pumps? Uh, or is it pretty, pretty much, you know, uh, prompt? Yeah, there's probably maybe a week's lag or two weeks lag uh, within our, within our sectors. And, it all it all differentiates between uh, dif- differs between air freight uh, and and ground, uh, but we don't see it as as much of an impact as maybe a strict transport company uh, would. Obviously, there's a, a big element of our business that's not uh, fuel related, particularly in logistics and co-packaging. Uh, but uh, for on the transportation side, we we would see uh, a slight uh, lag. Um, I'd say maybe a couple of weeks difference. That's great, thanks. And the last one for me uh, before I turn it over. Um, on the lease rate side of things, um, so like we have seen, you know, a lot of these industrial REITs uh, have been kind of doing pretty well recently. Uh, clearly, you know, the expectations are, are going up for, for lease rates uh, on renewal. Um, can you remind us, um, you know, a, what portion of your book uh, tends to renew um, I don't know, every year or so, and, and then on the recent renewals, um, if any, um, what kind of rate increases have you seen? Significant. <laughs> um, yeah, and this is, this, is, uh, uh, this, this is definitely, when you look at, at some of these uh, industrial uh, real estate reports, particularly in Canada, and you see, you know, BC and Ontario with 1% uh, uh, vacancies and 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 uh, and the lack of of construction uh, to meet with the the the, the demand. 
uh, we're seeing uh, you know significant increases. Uh, you know, a, 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 a typical uh, Class A building would have fetched you three years ago in Ontario seven dollars or seven you know a square foot. Right now, uh, new builds that are spec building right now uh, in around the area that we are is fetching anywhere between fifteen and seventeen dollars. Um, and any type of renewal, uh, so you see these, you know, the summit reach of the world going out there, and per, even you know, with old, old buildings uh, out there being being, uh, you know, I guess uh, opportunistic uh, and raising the rates uh, from you know what would have been six or seven dollars to eleven dollars on 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 uh, slightly older buildings. Um, um, so, yeah, we, we see that as being a, 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 an, a, an area of concern. Uh, I look at it also as an area of opportunity. Um, we are, uh, about a year ago, we renewed in one of our Brampton facilities, uh, got ahead of it uh, with, uh, with some, a couple of our Vaughn facilities here, and then the next leases aren't up for another two, three years. Um, uh, so we're watching it closely. And one of the things that we have to understand is is what the market rates are and and the opportunities as well with our clients in terms of you know um, you know uh, from a strategy standpoint, uh, do we want to to stay in the same building um, and maybe the lower clients, you know, maybe the the clients that aren't really as demanding in our standards, we do have some clients in this consumer goods side of things uh, that are, tend to be a bit more price sensitive, and maybe maybe that gets replaced with uh, with newer business, higher yielding business at, at the uh, at the present rates that we're paying. So the, those are some of the strategies that we're looking at for as we're as we're building our business plan for uh, for 2022. Um, and uh, and especially with the labor uh, situation, um, but I feel we're we're on top of it, and I don't think it's going to be material uh, uh, certainly for the next two years for us. Yeah, I can I can see your margins margins are expanding net of uh, leases, so that, that that kind of speaks to, to the fact. So, but thanks thanks for the color, Mike. I appreciate that on this. Thank you. Thank you, Konark. Allergies. I'll now take the next question from Maggie McDougall at Stiefel. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, you, you, you kind of touched on, on one of my questions, which was just around labor, and um, it's something we, we're hearing a lot about. I was wondering if you could enlighten us how you're dealing with um, what appears to be a tight labor market in both Canada and the U.S., and whether you know, early learnings from the acquisitions in the U.S. lead you to believe um, that there may be some differences in that market as it pertains to that item versus uh, the Canadian market. Thank you. Hi, good morning, Maggie. Uh, yes, there's definitely that's one of the things that's keeping a lot of people up at night is, is uh, labor force, and, uh, and you see it everywhere around. Uh, I just yesterday we had our board meeting and somebody from our board mentioned something about uh, McDonald's offering twenty dollars an hour. Um, and, um, it, it's it's real. 
Uh, I think we saw yesterday the USA inflation rate was, uh, was uh, as they mentioned, 6.2% increase. Um, you know, uh, it's not just fuel that's driving that. Uh, labor force is, is definitely tight. Uh, we 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 looked at we looked at this about well well beginning of the year uh, we and kind of anticipated some of this uh, and we went out there and started uh, increasing rates uh, to our employees. Um, now wages isn't the only thing. I mean I think everybody can compete at the end of the day. It's a level playing field. Uh, where we different, where differentiation happens, and that's one of the things. For example, and we'll get to the U.S. in a second, but uh, we 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 uh, recognize that you know uh, at, at Anlar Healthcare Group, our, our differentiator truly is are our people. I, I, you know, I can't say it enough um, that the we care, we we institute the the care factors. Uh, not only amongst our stakeholders, uh, but uh, also you know transcended to to our clients, uh, which. But the that that aspect of our business allows us to to keep our people, um, and uh, uh, it's more paramount now than ever. Um, so we try to be the place where people want to work. Uh, for given the best conditions possible, uh, and create that environment uh, that allows us to um, uh, to maintain uh, our our workforce, uh, but also be able to recruit. Uh, recruiting is not it has been difficult, uh, but it has not affected us uh, uh, yet. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're not going to you know look at different ways. Uh, of, of recruiting and looking our business at our business uh, model uh, to ensure that we uh, um, we protect ourselves. We're not massive, and that's an opportunity. That's 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 a good thing. Um, but at the end of the day, we recognize that service is the most important thing that we can offer our clients. That's what uh, you know, and 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 it can only happen with people. Uh, south of the border uh, is the same thing. Uh, we instituted uh, wage increases uh, to our drivers, both at Skelton and at Boyle. Uh, it actually happened at Boyle during the due diligence. Uh, but uh, you know, interestingly enough, the the culture at Boyle is the same thing as at Skelton. And um, um, in Boyle's case, they 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 have the accreditation of being the best fleet to work for. Um, and that that is that is right aligned with the, our AHG mantra, and and we want and uh, feel very comfortable. Uh, and when you look at the equipment that these drivers uh, drive, you know, uh, it's it's new, it's shiny, it's uh, the new facilities that we built uh, in Skelton, Ohio, you know, uh, makes it um, for our drivers, you know, between. Having the laundromats there and and the facilities are best in class. So it's about how we treat people, and and I think that's that's going to be the uh, the uh, the the ability for us to adapt through these uh, these tough uh, labor times. Thanks, Mike. That that was a great uh, overview. Appreciate it. Thanks, Maggie. Once again, to ask a question, please press star one. 
will now take the next question from Walter Spreckling at RBC. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, good morning, Michael. Good morning, Peter, everyone. Um, uh, I guess my first question uh, is on, on your inherent growth rate, and I know this is something we used to always kind of peg in the high single-digit um, uh, growth level, but with inflation and weird comps from prior periods and so on, it makes it makes just a you know a set uh, growth rate to put on your company going forward a little bit more problematic. So maybe if we go down to the EBITDA level and just assume you're you are successful in passing on pricing uh, or passing on uh, inflationary costs and and any of those challenges. Is it fair to assume that X acquisitions, uh, your core EBITDA is in that kind of high single digit and remains in that high single digit range into 2022 and then layer acquisitions onto that? Is there any reason why that would not be the case, Michael, as we look at your business going into 2022? Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> I mean, I think at the end of the day, we're, 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 uh, uh, we're a robust uh we, we we work in a robust industry, uh, industry uh, and then we've proven, you know, it, you know these numbers uh, that we've shown in Q3 um, are similar to some of the companies that are other public companies that are that are uh, that have uh, posted in Q3. But many of these companies did not have the same Q3 2020 that we did uh, in terms of growth. Uh, obviously. Uh, um, I think we've been able to show that this business is is very robust and and somewhat predictable uh, in light of the product that we move, um, you know, and and you know with a with a baby boom generation that's you know between the ages of whatever 57 and 75, uh, I uh, I think it's 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 fair to say that. Uh, um, we 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 are in a position where where we'll continue to see that that robust growth uh, in the near future. Um, you know, with respect to passing this on, you know, uh, interestingly enough, uh, we ma we had a presentation to our board yesterday. Skelton made a presentation because it's uh, it was the uh, first one that uh, President uh, Ron Skelton presented, and one of the one of the clients that we we talked about differentiated Canadian Blood Services. Uh, which has been a long-term client of, of Skelton's, and uh, you know one of the one of the remarks that was made is that the, you know some of the trucks that were sent are not are not uh, big big trucks. They're like you know, not 53 footers, but you know 28 foot pops uh, going down across the country. Why would you use such a small truck? I said because when we're moving uh, blood, uh, you cannot move more than five million dollars at a time. Uh, my, my point to this is, is that it, you know, uh, when it comes to transportation and logistics, when you're talking about product lines of, of that nature, uh, service is more is paramount. Um, and uh, in order to pro provide service, you have to have qualified people, uh, qualified processes, uh, uh, and 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 best in class in order to execute. Uh, you have to execute flawlessly, just like we've done with the vaccines. Uh, there's no, no, no room for error. Uh, and that means that you can't, you know, if somebody at McDonald's is making 20 bucks an hour, uh, you can't, uh, you know, you can't be paying somebody $20 an hour and go through a whole rigorous training program about and, and, and hold them accountable. Uh, 
to move $5 million worth of, of uh, blood products uh, across the country. So that can be very well articulated to the QA groups of these companies, and 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 and, and so uh, you know they're they're not you know I guess the point being is they're not going to be penny pinching uh, on that. So I think we're in a robust situation that allows us to uh, to pass that along. Um, but more most importantly, it's it's important that we have you know uh, the right personnel to and pay them properly and. Uh, in light of what the industry is offering. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, my, my follow-up question here is on M&A. Michael, you, I know you, you know back, back in your early earlier days of, of the public company, you didn't execute a lot on M&A. Um, you've started to here. Uh, it looks to be very successful. You've clearly got the support of shareholders. You know, your multiple is very high. It almost, you, you know, it, it, it uh, it, it indicates that uh, you know M and A is is an opportunity here. Uh, would you agree with that? And, and more importantly, are you, are you focusing now in the U.S. Um, or is there still M and A you could do in Canada, either direct in, in direct uh, areas of your business or in adjacent areas to your business in Canada? Or is that you know? Or are you just seeing too many opportunities now as you look to the U.S. based on uh, some of your preliminary acquisitions there? Uh, that's a uh, that's an interesting uh, question because I, I you know I went into it not not looking for M and A's, uh, but it's interesting when you do some successful ones how how all of a sudden you you get attention. Um, uh, certainly the Boyle acquisition I think articulated to to, to uh, some of the investors um, uh, who I spoke to during the the, the bot deal. Uh, it, it was not intended to happen. Uh, we, we were actually approached. Uh, I would have loved to have said that that you know we, we were looking for them. Um, uh, as it turned out, and, and because and with the COVID vaccine distribution and with the, uh, the the large acquisition of Skeleton, I just wanted to stay focused and keep our executive team and management team focused as well. And there was enough on our plate for this year. Uh, but when I saw the you know the the makeup of of, of Boyle Transportation and, and um, the approach that the that Mark and Andrew Boyle had about the business it, it was su- it it was such an alignment and uh, how they treat their drivers and, and and employees and 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 how they how they care for for their customers uh, and then the customers are are the same customers in Canada um, it. You know the thing about Andrew and Mark is is they are excited not to continue on in 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 transport, but they have they have an appetite and, and connections with the life sciences and in, in, uh, in the pharma companies in the U.S. Uh, and and see the platform as being an op, an opportunity. Uh, so that's to be continued, and we'll see what what, what transpires from there. Um, on the Canadian side. Uh, so it's 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 just to, you know we're not going to go look for it actively, but if it happens, it happens. And we've already had some customers, uh, and I've already had some discussions with some of the U.S. customers, and to talk about and Lauer Healthcare Group and who we who we who we are uh, to some of these U.S. clients already. Um, in Canada, uh, there is still uh, 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 there's still a lot in the pipeline. Um, and then you know, and it could be ancillary um, uh, uh, offerings, but also uh, 
competitive offerings as well. Uh, I think I think there's there's you know there's there's uh, uh, you know Peter Bromley has that list and and we're 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 looking through it as as time permits uh, and opportunity comes. But uh, we feel comfortable that uh, that there's uh, there's opportunity in Canada and that's you know that to us is is to make sure that that moat is as large as possible. Uh, and continue to be better. And if there's an opportunity to make our service better for our client and more effective, uh, then we will we will embark on that journey. Okay, appreciate the time as always. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Walter. Once again, to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone keypad. It appears we have no further questions at this time. I'd like to turn the conference back to Michael. Please go ahead, sir. Well, thank you, Catherine. Uh, uh, thank you for uh, all of you to participating this morning. Uh, have a great day. And for our listeners in the U.S., I want to wish you a happy Veterans Day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.